good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to those of you joining us here at the weekend podcast at cnctoday.com, the machinist news source for cutting-edge products and industry milestones. You know, of all the times I've done this show, I think that's the first time that I've gotten the website slogan right. So I pat myself on the back for that. Anyway, I am your host, Jay Pearson. I'm the president of Pearson Industries. We are producers of palletized workholding systems and efficiency products for the machine industry. Now, on the last show, I talked about some business and manufacturing nightmares. Now, I told one of my stories. wasn't very good. I want to hear yours. And I'm, I, I got to tell you, the emails are coming in, and I'm getting some good ones, okay? Uh, now, wait. I've gotten some bad ones, too. What I mean by bad is uh, breaking a tool on a job that you're a week late on, that's not really a nightmare, okay? That pretty much goes on every day in most shops, okay? Uh, maybe breaking five or six tools and maybe you're a month behind and and uh, and you got to throw something in there as well to make it a nightmare, okay? Something else, all right? But but you're on the right track. I can tell you've only been open for, you know, six months or a year, but, you know, keep trying. Those nightmares just come when you least expect them. Um, I mentioned that I would talk about polygonal turning on the last show. And for those of you who don't know what that is, polygonal turning is the ability to turn shapes on a lathe. For example, you could put a square or a hex nut on a turned part in your lathe. And it's not rotary broaching, that's a different technology, but uh, it's out there and we're going to talk about it. But you know, this is, a, this is a fairly new show, and we keep adding more and more technology to it each week. This week, for the first time, we actually invested in the technology to conduct phone interviews. I mean, it was so easy. I wanted to do it from the very beginning. We just, now we're doing it, okay? So instead of me telling you about polygonal turning and what that is, I'm going to bring on an expert next week from a tooling company that can tell us more about it, and we're going to talk to them on the phone. And since we do have this ability to conduct phone interviews, I'm going to put it into practice this week. And we're going to do that by talking to someone that has a business nightmare that I've heard for most of my life. And why have I heard it for most of my life? Well, we're going to be talking to my dad, Joel Pearson. And he's got a story that that I just love because it's so absurd, but it kind of has a good ending. I won't give it away. So jumping right into it, on the phone, here's my dad, Joel Pearson. Dad, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Jay. Glad uh, to be here. Okay, well, here's the deal. Uh, can I have your permission to conduct an interview over the phone and record? Uh, sure. Okay, can sure. I have your permission to broadcast <laughs> this on the web? Yeah, you can. Is that oh. going to be broadcast on the web, too? Yes, it is. That part? Uh, no. It's just for our records. <laughs> so that you don't come back and sue us. Right. So we're talking about nightmare stories in uh, business. And I've always uh, been around the company, you know, since I was born. And one story always sticks out, and I wanted you to tell it to our listeners. Uh, do you know which story I might be talking about? Uh, no, Jay. There's been so many. Which one are you thinking about? Okay, it's uh, it's the one where the uh, you you had problems with a painter, and they painted some parts. And oh didn't... yeah, I know. Okay, I know what you know, I've told that one many times. Most absurd, uh, 
most absurd uh, thing that I think ever happened to me, although there might be more. But, uh, yeah, that particular time, it was in the early 80s, and I had a uh, customer that we made uh, some weldment uh, frames. They were one-inch square tubing, and they had high-end casters and a lot of uh, doors and panels that uh, were attached uh, via welding and uh, nuts and bolts and stuff like that. And and it had to look really good. It went into uh, a real high-end environment, and it had these uh, uh, panels that were attached to the sides when all of the electronics were in. The last thing they did is put these panels on. And they were high-precision parts. They had to fit like a like a high-end car. If you ran your hands around them, everything had, the corners had to come together perfect and without visual flaws. And mm-hmm. on the drawings, everything was plus or minus ten thousandths, and it was they were they were pretty hard to make, and they were pretty good size. Some of them were three foot by five and a half feet, and um, a lot of work went into these panels, and they were they were fairly expensive. And uh, so we we got this job. I got an order for 125 of these weldments, and so the first time that we made the the panels, we pre-fitted everything, and uh, everything was fine. And we oh, we probably sent out about I think the increment was maybe 10. Uh, and there was two per weldment, so we sent out about 20 of these panels, and they're I don't know if I mentioned they were made out of sheet metal, and uh, you know, a lot of your listeners, when when I say sheet metal, they might think of galvanized thin, um, like air conditioning ducts. Steel. Yeah, air conditioning kind of thing. But because right. uh, there's a big mis- misconception in the world about what sheet metal is, these were 16 gauge coal roll, pretty heavy stuff. That's a sixteenth of an inch thick, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, not inexpensive material. Not highly expensive, but not inexpensive either. So we had all these parts done, and we put them on a pallet, strapped them on a pallet, sent them over to a, uh, a painter about 20 miles away. And um, we got the parts back in about a week. And when I saw the packages, I knew that there was something amiss because they had wrapped them up with paper, but on some of the corners there was these large bulges. And everything should have been flat and uniform. So I unwrapped one. And the the corners had been mashed inward and upward about three inches. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they were all in disarray, and I unpackaged all of them. You could see the, the, uh, the road burns on it where they had come out of the truck, apparently, and slid down uh, one of the local freeways here. And apparently... Uh, what had happened? Well, we knew right away what had happened. I could tell by just uh, the evidence with the with the road burn and all that. And I called the owner of the uh, paint shop, and I told him about the damage to the parts. But now I knew. Now let let me interrupt. Um, now now you got the parts back, and uh, was the paint all damaged? Were they scratched up as well? No, that was the. <laughs> That was the most bizarre thing is that uh, they had obviously flipped out of the truck on the way over to the painter, so the painters just took them in and painted them. Okay. <laughs> in in their mangled, scratched, dented state, right? In their mangled, dented, scratched, yeah. There was even 
in a couple of them, we picked out uh, a little couple little chunks of uh, road. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. And I called the owner, and I told him about it, and he said, I couldn't believe it because I thought that he probably didn't know anything about this, but he said to me, that's the way that you sent them to us. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went berserk, of course, uh, and uh, I explained to him in a probably less than controlled manner, I explained to him that uh, why in the world would I want to, uh, you know, damage parts and then go ahead and send them to him so I'd have to pay him uh, to paint parts that I could never sell. I mean, that made no sense <laughs> mm-hmm. at all to me. Right. <laughs> but his ploy was to put me on the defensive. Mm-hmm. And um, we parted company for many, many years. I, Of course, I would never send another job over to him. And, you know, it put me to buy him because then I was a couple weeks behind him because I had to remake those parts, find another painter, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. And... Uh, it just made uh, it made a um, a difficult uh, job out of uh, you know trying to develop a new customer. Right now, now yeah. was this a, a painter you had used for years, or was it a new guy? No, it was a paint shop that I was familiar with. I had uh, I had used them uh, previously. Mm-hmm. And and were you having most of your parts sent to them, or? Uh, you know, how much, were you giving them a lot of work, is what I'm trying to say. Um, that was a long time ago, but I think I was giving them a fair amount of work. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we had other customers that had a lot of little brackets that needed to be painted. And this particular customer also had a lot of brackets that went into this, this weldment thing. Mm-hmm. And we made other parts for them outside of this project that got painted. So I would say yes, because uh, a lot of it was getting silk screened, so we were using a silk screener at the, uh, that was close to this paint shop that huh. was affiliated with that paint shop. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. yeah we, and, uh, but the interesting thing was I, I could never understand that man's thinking. And uh, I, there was many days where I would think about that years later where I would think about it and go, I, I just wonder what was going through his mind that he could, say that, yeah, all we do is paint your parts that you sent over to us, even though they had obviously been damaged and there was no two alike after they slid on the freeway and right. the cartwheels. Now, how how and, how much was this uh, job worth, do you think? Like, how much, if he would have to, if he would have had to repaint them, how much do you think it would have cost him? Oh, three or four hundred dollars. Okay. So it was significant. Yeah. Yeah. In in the early eighties, yeah, sure, it was a fair amount of uh, of work. Okay. So uh, yeah. so years later, you're you're continuing to think about this. Whatever whatever happened, did you get a chance to talk to him again? Well, uh, coincidentally, I did because I was uh, through a um, a common um, customer. Uh, this customer coincidentally had used us as a sheet metal shop and had used this paint shop uh, also. Mm-hmm. Um, and But we never handled the painting. I, I At that point in time, I refused to handle the painting. I would do the sheet metal, ship it to my customer, and then they would ship it to the same paint shop. Mm-hmm. So 
through a, a series of um, management changes, management decided they didn't want to be dealing with that anymore, and they wanted me to uh, handle, get the parts painted and silk screened, and they told me what vendors I had to use, and uh, it turned out to be that this fellow that had uh, dropped our parts on the freeway, this was the vendor that they wanted me and pretty much forced me to, to deal with. So I had to sit down with him about oh, I don't know, 12, 15 years later mm-hmm. in a meeting. And uh, it was cordial enough. I mean, you know, after so many years, you you, you know, forget and sure. move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had the character to take me aside after this meeting outside and, uh, and told me, he said, you know, I wanted to tell you that, uh, you know, when we had that problem years ago with the parts that uh, came out of... Uh, my driver's truck was mm-hmm. so he admitted it right there. Mm-hmm. He said I was uh, heavy into uh, cocaine use at that time. Oh boy! <laughs> and that was the first inkling of. I mean, I would have never suspected such a thing, uh-huh. but now it's one of my common things when I see somebody driving erratic here in Southern California. I just assumed that they quite possibly could be on drugs. There's a lot of people around in their daily lives on drugs and they do things and they say things that are not normal huh. and, and uh, i just kind of um, keep that in the back of my mind when i run into other uh, scenarios that are let's say going sideways at best so if you would have asked this guy decades ago hey you know i got these parts they're terrible what are you on crack or something the answer might have been yes <laughs> if he was honest to admit it at that time, right. yeah, it, it very well may have been. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, wow. I think in those days we, I may have used that vernacular, and I probably would have said, are you on dope or what? <laughs> Just uh, trying to be funny. and Right. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it very well could have been uh, accurate. Right. So, uh, so after all this is done, uh, so you've known this guy about 20 years. Um at that point where we had to get back together, yeah. Right, okay. So, And then after that, was it smooth sailing with this uh, vendor? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, he had uh, straightened his life out, gotten off of drugs, and uh, hmm. became a, um, a church-going man, and uh, he really was a, a different kind of person. Wow. Wow, that's great to hear. He, I think he was making amends for uh, bad behavior. Wow. Wow. Well, that's a great story. It's uh it's an unbelievable nightmare, and, it, and uh, like I said earlier, it's it's why I wanted you to tell it because I've heard it for years. So, <laughs> hope our hope our listeners get a kick out of that. <laughs> Great. I just wonder if other people uh, have had these kinds of uh, bizarre things happen. To them. Oh, I, uh, be- believe me, we're I put out uh, last week a challenge to give nightmares, and we're getting some good ones. So, we're going to start reading them next week. I wanted you to tell this so that we could get more people writing in. And next week we're gonna maybe do a contest type thing or something like that. So, but I'm sorry, Dad, you're not eligible since you know someone here at the website. Gotcha. Okay. So, what smart. are you giving away? A Pearson pallet, the retention system? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I want one. <laughs> you're retired. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So how is retirement going? Now you just retired in the past couple months. How's that going? Uh, it's going real good. Um, I'm not really feeling as relaxed as 
people might think in their mind a retired person would be because uh, when you it's not as if you just go in one day get your gold watch and get in your car and drive home mm-hmm. when you own a business it's uh, very difficult shutting down a business that you've had for 30 years because of the accumulated uh, items that have stacked up and been parked in corners and sure uh, it's uh, it's very difficult I, I think there's probably a lot of fellows that uh, uh, stay working just to avoid uh, the quitting process. Right. Now, when you were cleaning out the shop, were you running across old parts and material that you've had sitting around for 20, 30 years? I don't think I had uh, parts that were sitting around quite that long, but I did find a couple boxes up on a shelf that we could no longer get to anymore uh-huh. uh, because of the lack of floor space, but I found a couple boxes up there that were probably... Um, 10 years old well no probably about seven years old okay maybe maybe six to eight years old up there okay company's long gone uh, right so i just threw the parts away right there well there you go what about uh any sentimental uh feelings towards some of your old equipment um not really um no i uh when i look at all the uh trouble that I've had in my life, it's pretty much centered around business, so <laughs> the sentimentality thing is just not there. It's kind of like good riddance. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's some insight I'm sure our listeners will appreciate. Thank you again for coming on uh, on the show and telling us that story, Dad. You're welcome, Jane. I'm uh, going to really look forward to hearing some of your listeners' stories as well. Yeah, we definitely got some, some doozies. So, Well, thanks again, okay. Dad. Okay. Bye, Jay. Bye-bye. Well, that was an interview with my dad, Joel Pearson, here at cnctoday.com. Remember, next week we're going to those stories, going to your stories, want to hear those nightmares. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, we're going to bring in that expert on the phone to tell us a little bit more about polygonal turning. Now, I'm a big production efficiency guy, so this uh, this is right up my alley. I love it, and I'm excited to share this information with you guys. So for the weekend podcast here at cnctoday.com, I've been your host, Jay Pearson. We'll talk to you next time.